Welcome new and old friends, my name is 242, and today, two got us one true Reddit story. It's a let's not meet. We start with a lady down on her luck trying to get over her addiction, and see her life as she tries to get through it while a predator comes for her. And remember, if you're listening on a platform that lets you rate this podcast or leave reviews, please do that. I would love some feedback. I also have a Twitter and Instagram if you guys are interested in telling me what you like there. All the links to my socials are down below. And also, I would like to do a content warning. This story does deal with a lot more swearing than normal and also addiction and talks of drugs. If you're not comfortable with that or mentally able to deal with that, totally understandable. Now, with all that being said... Let's get on with the show. Turn off your lights. Make sure your doors and windows are locked. Things are about to get spooky. Rot in hell, you cheating pig! I yelled at my husband as I reached for the letter opener. You really thought I wouldn't notice you collecting 300 bucks after passing go? I whisper in ear before thrusting the blade through his chest. I was kidnapped by Heavy Goal 8698. I have been clean from all drugs since 2019. It took me a while to write this, and I never thought I would post it because of how stupid I was and the stupid mistakes I made. I know I will get a lot of dark comments on here, so just don't even say it, because I already know. I'm telling this story to remind people that everyone's intentions are not what they say they are. I am mentally traumatized from this experience, and I get reminded of it every day. I am grateful to be alive, and I have no idea what would have happened if I didn't get away when I did. So save the rude and cruel comments. Thanks. The story is based in September 2017, I believe. Everything's such a fucking blur, I did whatever I could to survive in the harsh world. So please, no judgment. I was on the streets, with no family, and an active crack soon-to-be-meth addiction. A little backstory. I started using crack in 2015 and figured out that if I sold my body, I could make easy money. I know, not ideal, but I was deep in my addiction, and at that point, I didn't care about anything. But in January 2017, I met Ty who also smoked crack but worked every day so I no longer had to do that. I was going on like 8 months free from selling my body and soul. Also, when I met Ty, he had a place in the big city and we did a lot of work for people in this city. I was left on the streets by the man I thought I loved at the time. I must have said something wrong because he flipped out and left with everything I owned in his truck. Fuck, we just spent days getting high, and I was sure he was just throwing a fit, so I went over to my friend's, let's call him E's house. It was my home away from home, and I felt safe there. 
He was an older, maybe six-year-old man who liked getting high, and over time became one of my best friends. I was able to take a shower and put on clean clothes. When I was all done, I remember sitting on the couch with disbelief that Ty would leave me like that. I started crying and wishing things had been different, while E held me and comforted me. I knew deep down that I needed a fresh start, to depend on myself and live a happy life. Across the street from E's house was a hometown bar where rappers and musicians would perform and on that particular night, the bar had been filled with people from the bigger city about a half an hour away. Let me explain. Where I come from, there isn't really a place for addicts to go and get clean. They do have a woman's shelter, which I have been to before. About a 30 minutes away in the bigger city where they had all the help you can ask for, if you're willing to do the work. At this point, I was ready to get away from everyone and everything. I had no hope of cleaning up my life if I stayed anywhere close to where I was using. Remember, you have to remove old playmates, playthings, and playgrounds, so that's what I need to do. I went right over to that bar and found a semi-good-looking guy heading back to the city I needed to go to. I told him I was planning to go to the shelter in the morning and he told me I could go with him and he will take me in the morning. On the ride, I remember feeling like a whole hundred bricks were lifted off my shoulders. I had nothing but the clothes on my back and an Obama phone with no minutes. I asked the guy I was with that was driving. Had a pretty sweet ride, by the way. I said, You don't fuck with this, right? And I pulled out my crack pipe. He shook his head, so I rolled down the window and just let it go. I knew that I was going into the shelter and I had to get better. Not just for me, but I had kids and a family that at that time still hoped I would get better. I wanted to start over. I just didn't know how hard it was going to be. Me and this random dude go to his friend's house. We smoke a blunt and I don't remember anything after that. I woke up on the floor of a clean room. And I mean clean, there was nothing in it. It smelt like paint. As I looked around, I realized this was the place the dude was talking about moving into and renting. I got up and he took me to get a coffee and right over to the shelter. I was fucking terrified of what I was going to walk into. I had no idea what to expect. All I knew was I needed to better my life and I needed to do it now. As we drove into downtown, I got a little nervous because I knew downtown was full of crime and drug dealers. Big buildings and confusing signs, tons of people and traffic. I then realized I was going to have to work really hard to get my life back. We pulled on the street and before I knew it, he was dropping me off. There I was, standing in this big, beautiful, clean lobby just feeling lost and broken. I had been with Ty for almost seven months, and this was the first time he left me like this, so I was kind of hurt over that. I knew he had been seeing someone else in our recent month of breakup, and he wasn't afraid to show it. The lobby smelt like lime with spotless white walls. I walked up to the desk, and I was asked if I was homeless. 
Yes, I said, and she didn't even ask any questions. She just looked at me with sad eyes and said, Okay, hon, let's get you set up. She took me to a small room full of boxes as she handed me one. She explained it was my personal things, toiletries, etc. I looked at her with unsettling eyes and replied that I didn't have any belongings, that I had lost everything the night before. The nice lady gave me some toiletries and a pair of leggings. Next was the intake where I had to answer a bunch of questions and was handed a paper with all the rules on it. And on the top of the paper, it stated that there was no Wi-Fi in or around the building. You had to go down to the stop sign to get internet. My phone was off, but I could still use Wi-Fi. But at that time, I wasn't really that worried about it. I knew Ty was already probably staying with that other girl. Michelle was her name, so I didn't feel like it was necessary to even try to use my phone. I decided to cut off everyone and try to be different. When she was done giving me the rundown on how things work, she took me into the day room. Walking from the lobby was weird. I remember feeling sick going through those double doors with stairs off to the left. Under the stairs were the pile of mats. I was told to grab one. I followed her through another set of double doors into the day room, which was huge. It was filled with at least 50 females, a lot of older ladies with nowhere to go, but it was loud and bright. The wall to my left was full of lockers, which I was told I would get one if I stayed there long enough, and in front of that wall was about 10 to 15 round tables set up where most of the girls were sitting playing cards, coloring, and talking. On the other side of the room was the shower slash bathroom, and a small TV that sat on a cart with wheels on it. Next to the cart was an end table that had a power strip full of chargers and phones. In the far back right corner was a door that led outside to go smoke. It was nice there. There was picnic tables and lawn chairs set up with a huge fence in the yard for the kids to play in. When 7pm hit, the whole dynamic of the room changed. Everyone was moving around, people were running in, and then you hear it over the speaker. Roll call. Then we were instructed to go and get one mat to sleep on. They passed out blankets and pillows to those who were without, and they let us keep the TV on. The first night was scary and lonely. Here I was in a strange place, not even two full days clean off a week-long crack binge. I was up half of the night with my head just racing. I finally fell asleep when the other girls started to get quiet. The morning came way too fast, and the rule was you had to get up at 7am. You didn't have to leave, but you had to get up. A lot of the older women didn't even leave the shelter. They knew they had a place to stay and had nothing else to do all day, so they just hung out together at the shelter. I had to go upstairs for breakfast, which was okay. I'm not really a breakfast food person, but that morning, I was starving. I had the whole deal. Eggs, bacon, milk, you name it. After breakfast, I went out to smoke and I noticed this tiny black girl with cornrows in her hair, and she had some cards in her back pocket. I had been playing cards since I was a kid. My dad taught me a few games. 
I played with friends, and I also had done some time in jail in the past. I was lonely, and I didn't know where anything was, and it was obvious I needed help. I asked her her name and if she wanted to go play cards, and after about two games, we had a connection. She was cool, and she liked me, so I was okay with that. I can be awkward around new people, and females tend to not like me, so I find it hard sometimes to make friends. She asked me after we played a few more games of Rummy if I wanted to go to McDonald's with her. I was cool with that because I needed to learn the area anyways. On the walk there, as we were talking, something caught my eye, so I looked up, and there was fucking Tyler with all my belongings in his truck driving right by us. I tried to call, but ignored me every time. Guess he was done with me for good this time. That crushed me. I wanted to fall to the ground and just sink till I disappear. But instead, I had about ten different emotions running through my body all at once. I was so angry that he was just looking for a reason to leave me since the month before, when we broke up and I stayed with my dad for a while. He started seeing this Michelle. I was just absolutely devastated. We continued our walk to McDonald's as I was silent and broken. That night was easier to sleep because I was exhausted from not having any sleep and just feeling down. I slept like a baby, to be honest. The next day, Mesh wanted to show me this place she goes to to get a good free lunch. The only thing was that it was a church, and we had to sit through a 30-minute sermon, which was cool with me. We were staying outside, waiting for the church to open their doors, and this blacked-out Mercedes-Benz with a trailer hauling a badass Harley pulled up and parked in front of the church. I then heard my loud-ass mouth say, Damn, that's one fucking nice setup. I looked at Mesh and then looked back at the Harley. That's when I saw him. I specifically remember everyone knowing who he was. Will is what they called him. I remember getting excited to meet new people and be part of a new community. Everyone was really nice going into the church. A guy at the door walking in, giving us a prompt of mealtimes and service offers. I followed Mesh to one of the black pews and slid in behind her. The church was pretty. Different colors and there was a choir singing in a low and almost quiet tone as people around us taking their seats. I kind of froze when that guy I saw come in. Will sat next to me. I looked at Mesh and then I quickly noticed his gold watch. It could have been fake, but it almost looked like a Rolex. He was an older black gentleman, talked real smooth when he introduced himself with his hand out. I was shocked that he wanted to shake my hand. None in my life does that. I shook his hand, and they were creamy, like he takes very good care of them, and obviously does not work a physical, demanding job. He was nicely dressed, and had this pimp hat on, like a fedora. It even had a feather in it. His cologne was strong, but smelled good, like a man. He was handsome and smooth, and he was also very confident. Sitting through this sermon, I found it hard to pay attention to the preacher. I remember looking at his clean, shiny black leather shoes and the socks were black and thick. 
When the service was finally over, people started heading into the dining area. I just followed Mesh through, and we got our food. She picked an empty space to eat on one of the ends of the long tables full of chairs. Not even five minutes, not paying attention to our surroundings, just eating, Will came over and sat three seats away from me. He looked at Mesh and said, Do you mind? I don't know how I didn't see the red flags. Of course, I see them now. But looking back, I was so clueless. He hardly said a word the whole time we were eating. And when he was done, he got up and threw his stuff away, and I assumed he left. Mesh and I decided to go home, play some cards, and go to the closed bank she knew about. We were walking home and talking when he pulled up next to us. He rolled down his window and asked if we needed a ride home, but he was looking at me with a deep stare. I looked back at Mesh and she refused. Smart girl. I went with him. Dumb girl. I think I was more curious than anything. I had to know how he made that kind of money, and I remember wanting that. He drove around till my curfew and just talked. I don't know what it was. I think we had a lot in common and we related a lot. He asked me how I ended up at the shelter and just asked questions, so I told him. I don't know what it was. I'm not sure if I trusted him, but I told him about my past anyway. How I sold my body for drugs, how horrible it was, and... I even said I was glad I don't do that anymore. He didn't say much about it, and we agreed that we would continue our talk the next day, and he would help me put in a couple of applications, and he had some errands, too. I woke up in the morning to a text from Will that said, What if you made that kind of money, but spent it on yourself and not drugs? Everything you make will go to you building your life. Just think about it. I thought about it. I'm not going to say why I agreed and went with the idea that this would work and I could actually get my life together, get my kids back. $200 a half hour? I could be free. I chose to go with him. At that time, I think he thought I wanted to be with him. But really, I just wanted to be away out of the situation I was in. I hate that stinky, loud shelter. I wanted out. He got a room at a motel and we dropped off my stuff and he told me that I needed some new clothes. He did tell me he was just fired from a trucking company and he was a truck driver. He was currently trying to find another job as far as I knew. He took me shopping and got me a few new outfits, more or less outfits to take pictures in to bring in the money. I knew what I was getting into. And I was preparing my mind to handle everything that was about to happen. Will did tell me that if I went with him, I had to stay clean and have a clear mind to make money and be smart. Looking back at how manipulative he was and made me believe that I would do this to make my life better. I started doing this before I got addicted a few times to make rent or bills, so I knew I could mentally do it but I was still unsure about where this was going to go. We got back to the hotel, and I do my thing, take my pictures and post them. 
It didn't take long before I started to get calls. I did make some money and I kept every penny and Will took me shopping. I remember those shoes I bought. They were black and gold baby fleets. Oh, I loved those shoes. I got like six or seven cute outfits, some makeup and hair dye. Remember, I came to the shelter with nothing, so being able to get all this stuff made me feel so good. I was confident in myself and hopeful that I could get a place and start a new life within a few weeks if days like this kept repeating themselves. Remembering how things went, I am starting to think that this was part of his game, making girls think that they can do it and keep all the money and then just trap them and make them need you. It's sick. He tricked me. He made me think I could finally live a clean life. Yeah, I was escorting, but I treated it like a job. I bought another phone so that I had a new number, and I used the Obama phone for work and turned it off at like 5pm. Well, I thought wrong. It was later that day I went back over to the shelter and grabbed the one shirt I had and some personal things and left with Will. That night was cool. He was super chill. We talked in separate beds and got a two-bed, and he didn't act like he was interested in me like that, which I was happy about because I didn't want to be with anyone. I needed a break from emotional attachment. After Ty left me, I felt like I wouldn't trust anyone like that in a long time, so I was happy that I was comfy in the bed, watching TV, freshly showered, with money in my pocket. I had the best night's sleep, and I woke up to breakfast and time to get up and get myself together. He had gotten up early, went and got us breakfast and coffee. He ate with me and then left, said, He'll be back in a couple hours, take my time and do what I gotta do. So I did just that, while he was gone. I dyed my hair and did the works. Not long after I was done and waited for him, the door opens and a female walks in. She's pale and has a beautiful face. Long, pretty blonde hair that ran down her shoulders. She was really petite, way too skinny in size B chest. Pretty big blue eyes that had dark circles on them. It looked like she'd been crying and she was carrying a black trash bag that contained all her possessions. Will walked in behind her and introduced her as Anna, and she needed help too. He instructed me to get her together, get her pretty and take some pictures and post them. He then told her to go on and take a shower, and then asked to talk to me outside. We went outside the door, and as I was shutting it, his voice got real stern and said, So you've not made any money yet, and why the hell is that? I tried to explain that Sundays were the slowest day, and I would be lucky to make any money today. Before I could finish, he cut me off and said, I don't give a fuck. You need to make some fucking money. What do you think this hotel pays for itself? I will pay for it tonight, but from now on, you'll pay half and half of all the expenses. Now go make some fucking money. I couldn't even believe he was talking like this. I never seen him so mad and his voice scared the hell out of me. I looked at him when he cuts me off and I could see him get angry. His eyes got wide and the white just disappeared and they became all black. I was scared, but I did what he said. 
He then left me alone with her while he went out and got food and whatever he did. When Anna got out of the shower, her skin was more exposed as she walked out of the bathroom in a small towel. I knew she was an addict to an IV use. I assumed heroin. She confirmed it after I asked her if it was going to be a problem to not do drugs because that was his rule for me. Why wouldn't it be the rule for the other girls? After my kid's father passed away from an overdose, I didn't like to surround myself with girls I knew I could get close to, trying to help and something happened. So I cut all that out, and when she told me, I was like, okay, no girl. I'm sorry you're going to have to make some calls because you can't stay here. At that point, I didn't even care what the fuck Will has to say. I didn't want her here, period. As soon as he came through the door, I stopped him and took him outside. I just told him I didn't think I could work with her. I didn't want to be around a heroin addict, or any kind of addict for that matter. He did make her pack her bathroom and clothes up and took her home. I think he was trying to please me for some reason, looking back at it. Will and I then took a ride to Main Street where all the girls walked and worked. It was so weird remembering how I said he knew everyone at church. He knew all those girls, business owners, police officers, and other men who drove drug dealer cars. I don't know why I didn't just run then. I'll never know. About an hour or two of driving around talking to a bunch of different girls, this random ass girl jumps in the car. It was crazy. They had known each other for years, I guess, and she had been looking for him and wanted to make some money. She was quite a bit older than me, but still really pretty, like beautiful. She had long, thick, curly, jet black hair. I didn't really get a look at her until we got back to the hotel. Will told me he wanted to get a few girls together and make some big money. I was always going to be number one and I will never post with another female because I am the number one. He told me I was important and we were building our own family. Amy was tall and thick, but she was gorgeous. Big blue eyes, pretty skin, small waist with big round butt, and she was straight out bitch. She took benzo. She was prescribed to them. I guess he allowed it. It wasn't long before I couldn't help but watch her. She was popular, and like at night, she would be falling out and nodding off. It drove me crazy. I think I even started a fight with Will about it once. I didn't think it was fair, honestly. Like, bitch can get high, but I can't? Fuck you. What Will would do was during the day, he would leave me at the hotel to make money, and he took Amy to the streets and worked her. Well, it wasn't two days before they came home with another girl. A young one. Eighteen. Her choice? No family. I only know what they tell me. Her name was Amanda. She was short like me and a little chunky, which was okay. Guys like chunky, too. She had blonde, long hair and a cute face. She was sweet and didn't say much. I tried to get to know her a little better, but she wasn't around for long. I posted her with Amy and she didn't get much of a feedback. More people were calling Amy. Amanda stayed with us for a few days before she decided she wanted to go home. 
Will, Amy, and I didn't stay at that hotel for long. We ended up deep into the city, the furthest away from my hometown. Bigger room with a little nicer hotel with a view of the whole city. It had a shitty little microwave and a drive-up entrance to your room. Will and Amy brought home two girls that night. I don't remember them much because I wasn't involved with them much. I posted them and the next few days we made money. Every time a girl would make money, they would give it to Will because he had them believe he was saving it for them and getting them anything they wanted. I continued to make money on my own and I also gave him my money. I got conspicuous and I will never forget the moment I knew I was not safe. I was outside smoking a cigarette. I wasn't out there long, but when I came back into my room, Will had all three girls posing on the bed as he was coaching them on how to pose and taking snaps of them. I didn't say a word and closed the door slowly. I didn't know why I felt the way I did, but it just didn't feel right. I don't know if he heard me open and close the door, but I heard him yell my name and said he needed me. He handed me his phone and told me to post the pictures. When I got on the website and tried to post the pictures and now wanted money instead of posting ads for free, Will unhappily ran to wherever and put money on a card. When I tried to put the card in, it wouldn't accept it and said it won bitcoins. I informed Will and even showed him the page that it wasn't going to post. He got furious and yelled at me. He turned and walked out of the room. I looked at everyone else and tried to apologize for his actions and to stay calm. It will be okay. He came right back in with a gun in his hand. I didn't even know he owned a gun. He hit me in the face with it and said I need to find somewhere to post the ad or do it or I'm done and then left. I don't know if he realized he did that in front of three other girls and didn't know what or I'm done meant either. I was fucking terrified and that's when I knew I had to find a way to escape. I learned real quick that I wasn't able to just leave anytime I wanted anymore. After Amy got involved, Will changed. He started talking about taking us girls to New York and making big money and travel and go here and there and that alone scared the hell out of me. I wanted to build a life to get my kids back, not leave state to trick and maybe killed or abandoned. No, fuck that. I got fearful for my life when he hit me with that gun. I have been hit before, punched like a man, but I have never been hit with a gun. That night, I had a couple of dates set up and Will knew he had to take the girls and leave. I decided to try to make a plan to get away. The first date I made was 200. I put 50 in my purse and then put 50 in a pocket in my bra, hidden away. I left the rest on the table. The second date I made 150, put half hidden away and the rest on the table. Will came in the door not long after it was finished and grabbed the money off the table. My purse was sitting right there and I didn't see him do it, but he took that money out of my purse and said he had to do something and left again. That was when I made my escape. I made a hundred calls before I finally reached someone who was willing to help me. He had a friend come and pick me up and bring me to his house. 
I will never forget the feeling I had when I was running out to the car with a trash bag full of stuff I had collected in the past three weeks. I was scared to death that he would come pulling up and see me. That feeling didn't leave me until we hit the highway. I wanted to tell this story because I've never been able to get through telling it. I couldn't help to think where I'd be if I stayed, and if I would even be alive. So, Will, let's never meet again. And a little side note from your friendly 242. This is not kidnapping or abduction. This is human trafficking. I remember the story we had just a little while ago about the woman worried she was about to be human trafficked. But she was really about to be kidnapped if that was going to be the thing. This is what real human trafficking looks like. Gaining your trust, taking all the control from you, and making it very hard for you to get out. Normally there is drugs involved, but this time it wasn't. And I'm very happy OP got out. And thank you so much OP for sharing this story. I knew the child wasn't mine, and it was finally time to pass the divorce papers to my pleading, crying, cheater of a wife. As I lay in my lonely apartment with a gun to my head, I heard of an arrest of a nurse who switched babies at birth at the same hospital my child was born. And with that, my friends, our time together is coming to an end. As always, and very appreciatively, I would like to thank the writer who let me read this story, even though I said it just a moment ago. I can understand that this is probably a very hard story to write. They say many times that they were dumb, but really, this predator was working off of their addictions and their insecurities and hopes of making a better life. They knew exactly what they were doing and how to get this writer slash OP to do exactly what they wanted. It's not their fault at all. They actually saw the red flags finally and got out and were pretty smart about it. So I'd like to thank them yet again for sharing their story and letting me read it. I hope you stay safe, stay clean, and get your family back. I really wish you the best. Now, if you'd like to help support this podcast, please share it with anyone who might enjoy it. It helps quite a bit and gets some new ears to listen to all these stories I bring together for you guys. And if you'd like to support in other ways, I do have a Patreon where for a dollar a month you get early access to the audios as well as some extra stories, about one a week. And if you'd like to do a one-time donation, I do have Buy Me a Coffee and PayPal. And if you like something with my avatars on it, I also have merch. All the links are in the show notes, including the ones to my social media, which is all under 242 Reads. But as always, guys, thank you for watching and listening. It really means the world to me. Sleep tight, and don't let 42 bite.